0: There is a chance for the President of the United States to use this disaster to carry out what his father, a phrase his father used I think only once, and hasn't been used since, and that is a new world order. New world coming. America will become increasingly vulnerable to hostile attack on our homeland. And our military superiority will not entirely protect us. Not protect us. Americans will likely die on American soil. And I believe it will also be said at this age, the first decade of the 21st century, that out of what is will be seen as the greatest restructuring of the global economy, perhaps one even greater than at the time of the Industrial Revolution, a new world order was created. We have before us the opportunity to forge... For ourselves and for future generations, a new world order. Now, get ready to enter the zone where real life is stranger than fiction. The place where the news may seem like a dream, and the dream may be a matrix of reality. Let us now expose all lie of the devil and bring to light all the secrets of the enemy, because God truth will set you free. John 832. You're listening to This Week in the Zone with your host and watchman on the wall, Phil Armstrong. Phil so, uh, so Armstrong, your host. Um, today we're going to be talking about, uh, I guess I shouldn't say it like that, I guess I should say we're going to um, reminisce on how are you living your life. Are you um, making it a valuable life or, or are you wasting it? Um, one of the ways that you will be particularly motivated to live a righteous life, a holy life, pleasing to God is to sacrifice um, for yourself and for others um, to come to a fork in the road and say that I have not been living my life uh, of value. Um, Some people have regrets in life. You know, we get to a point in our life and and ask the question, uh, have we lived our life uh, with the purpose of pleasing God and the purpose of not wasting our lives? Uh, A lot of us... um, wish that we could have done things differently. Uh, we have uh, come to a place in our life where we are midlife, like myself, and, and you sit there and contemplate on how uh, you should have done this or you should have done that. Um, even at an earlier age, people are having a uh, midlife half of life crisis meaning when they get to the half of their life the half of that part uh 25 years they're wondering you know 25 years is half of uh 45 or even 20 years old they're asking the question that i mean what am i doing and then when you get to the next uh phase of your life um you know 40 Uh, 30 years old, people are asking, what the heck am I doing? And then um, you get to 40, of course, and you're asking, what am I doing? Um, For me, uh, my midlife crisis was not, you know, job or house or, you know, what do I own or what do I have? Mine was more or less spiritual. You know, am I pleasing God? You know, um, and then people would say, well, this is a works uh, type of uh, salvation. Well, we'll get to that in a moment. Um, but um, I, I saw a video on uh, Facebook. Somebody had shared it, and it was talking about is Lordship Christianity false? And of course, you know when somebody asks a question like such as that, they they're on the side of proving the point of the of the post. Uh, which is, is um, lordship Christianity false? Um, I believe it's dangerous to say that Jesus, who is king of, king of lord of lords, king of what? That's my question. And for someone to say, is lordship Uh, is lordship a heresy? My question to them is a kingdom needs a king and what does a king do? Now when I talk about are you wasting your life? First of all, you have to get past a lot of the heresies that people are presenting to you. Um, but that's not what this show is about. It's, it's Today, I'm, I want to talk about how are you living your life. Uh, when people go out to help in places like um, homeless shelters or even go on a missionary trip, they are doing it for various reasons. But when somebody is wanting to serve the Lord and wanting to live their life for the Lord and wanting to please the Lord, this salvation becomes the effect and not the cause. So in other words, what makes what what makes me go out and do this? And I, I heard it once said that those who are inwardly focused are outwardly depressed. And those who are outwardly focused are inwardly peaceful. Um, but, um, do you look at your life and say that you're pleasing God? Now, a lot of people out there are going to say, no, I'm not pleasing God. Mm-hmm. And then my question will be to you, why not? And to please God can be a whole lot different than you think. Because remember I just talked about the effect. Why the cause and there's a such thing as cause and effect. Um, why do you go why would you go and preach to people? Why would you go and work at a homeless shelter? Why would you go and go to work and speak to a coworker? Why would you uh, why would you talk to somebody next door? Why would you loan somebody some money? Why would you help some lady that's stranded on the road. What's causing you to do that? Is Jesus and your love for Jesus causing you to do what you do? Or is your notion that Christians should be doing this or should be doing that. Therefore, I'm going to do it. A lot of people go to church because they should. Not because they want to, because they, they have to. They have to because shouldn't Christians do that? Um, what does this have to do with being set free from addictions? Well, I, I, I want to talk about a, a position where we should gather our being in a, in a position of God as our trust. God is our ultimate um, king, our ultimate problem solver, our ultimate helper. He's our whole life. He's our everything. Once you get into that position then sexual addictions, alcohol, drugs, those things will still come your way. You will still get tempted. But see, in this show, I would have to prove to you that alcohol was, you shouldn't drink it. But I'm not going to do that in this show. But I am going to tell you, like I told you before, in a couple of shows before, the closer you get to Christ in heart, mind, and soul – the easier it is for you to stop the actual sin. Now, when you get tempted, yeah, yeah, you're going to get tempted. But when I ask the question, what are you doing with your life? Are you wasting it? We all have a purpose. Are you living for moral excellence, for the cause of Christ? Or are you living for your own cause? Because addictions are not going to go away unless you see the whole picture. And the whole picture is not complicated. You go to some of these churches across the United States, and one church says that, you know, all you have to do is come to church, hear the word, and go home. And that's it. Other churches tell you that God is here for you to supply all your needs in abundance and more, so much more that it'd be rolling over, roll, you know, cup is running over, which is the quickest way to hell to me. Another thing that people tell you is that grace is so sufficient. Grace is so huge that I can smoke crack. And I'm sorry for the people who has a drug addiction, but I'm trying to make a point or drink alcohol. Like I'm stepping on my own feet or do everything you in his grace was going to forgive you. Even though the process of you continuing to do the sins instead of repenting. Okay. So, There are many ways to God, but only one provides salvation, and it's through Jesus Christ. In other words, everybody's going to stand in front of God to give an account. I was just trying to test my patience to say a false statement and correct it, and I can't leave it that way. You see, everyone will, all roads lead to God. Only one world leads to heaven. So if someone says, hey, Oprah, there's many ways to God. Yeah, Oprah, there's many ways. T.D. Jakes, there's many ways to God. Uh, I mean, there is not many ways to God. And if you guys get on one more black person's side for anything that individual does, I know I'm going to tick off a lot of people, but hey, just because they black, and then but the but the person living in your very household is being dogged and gossiped about. You don't mind that, but you, somebody you don't even know, you're you're oh that you know they're good to go. But anyway, there's a lot of false preachers out there who are teaching false doctrine. So you have to be careful. But see what I, what I, I'm talking about today is that we need to live our life in such a way that it's pleasing to God. We need to pick up our cross and follow him. We need to deny ourselves. to say, well, how is this going to bring more excellence? It does. It brings peace. Because when you set out... To live fully for God, those things that you are having problems with will fall into place. See, the reason why I had the the the, uh, the problems, uh, the addictions, and the reason why it took God so long to take it out is because I wouldn't give it to God. I mean, I gave it to God over and over and over and over and over again. It was one of those things where I'm sorry, God, and do it again. I'm sorry, God, and do it again. Sorry, God, and do it again. The knowledge that I had didn't come to uh, my mind that God is the one who sets us free from these addictions. So getting back, what are you doing with your life? Are you setting out? to make God your king and your Lord and your savior, and you are living a life that is out to help others, and you're keeping your feet moving, and, you, and, you're, and you're doing what God wants you to do, that's what's going to get you. To a point where your value system and your beliefs will change, God says that if if your right eye calls you to sin, pluck it out and your left arm or your right arm cause you or your arm causes you to sin, cut it off, that shows the priority of not living a life that is pleasing to God. The closer you get to God, to Jesus, the more your heart is going to turn, and the more you're going to see things. Now, you have to read your word. You cannot... Go to church on Sundays expecting that Bible reading that the preacher did to to suffice for the rest of the week. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We have to have the knowledge of God, which I'm going to read right now. And I, and I I want to take some time out and read this. Because I actually wanna read the whole thing because it's 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 awesome. Um it says and this is Second Peter one and I'm um, starting verse two. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and our and of Jesus Christ our Lord. Sorry, something binged on my computer, on my um uh, tablet caught my attention. But um. Uh, and so Let me read it again. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. First of all, he's Lord. So, if people ask you of lordship, a false doctrine, there you go. Uh, now, it says through the knowledge of God. Now, the divine nature that we will share is through the knowledge of God. Now, Today I, I, I'm still on. I'm still talking about. So I don't want to confuse anybody. I'm still talking about how you live in your life. But I want to step into what clothes us to live that life uh, pleasing to God. Now pleasing to God um, could be to go help the homeless, feed the, you know, go visit the widows, um, things like that. But when when you give, it feels good. Uh, I'm pretty sure it feels good when you're taking also, but it feels good when you're giving to someone, and that is the ultimate duty that Christ gave. In uh, Matthew 28, and he says, "Go and make disciples." <coughs> And to make disciples, uh, and he says to his disciples, to his disciples, to Jesus' disciples, that look into the fields for they're ripe. And especially to be ripe in our time, because we are living in the last days. It says in uh, Matthew 28, verse 19, go ye therefore... Teaching, I got to change the page, teaching all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost for those Trinity folks who don't believe in the Trinity. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, which makes moral excellence and which makes uh, peace. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Uh and that cracks back to a, a piece of scripture. This individual gave me in the plasma bank. Um, and he says, um, go back, go home and read Philippians one, six. Uh, and I was telling them I was going to go overseas when no, I'm uh, oh, not overseas, but uh, I was in the East of Michigan at that time. I told him I was going to go to, uh, you know, come back to Washington state with barely any money in my pocket. He says, go pray. And then, read philippians 1 6 so i go into it and do it and it says um he who begins a good work and you will continue it into the day of jesus christ so that kind of like points back to this verse right here it says um i am with you always even to the end of the age um uh, but uh anyway uh god is telling us to go make disciples now going to make disciples is the duty of a Christian now. When I when it when the Bible tells you to do something, when Jesus commands you to do something, then someone will come up and say I, I, is it legalistic? You know, you got to do something. No, we're not saying you got to do something to earn your salvation. That's already done on the cross. Um but when you truly get born again, um, you want to do the things that please the Lord and being pleasing to him is is what we're God is wanting us to understand. It says um, in verse and we have second Peter um, chapter one, verse three, according as his divine power have given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness to the knowledge of him that have called us to glory and virtue. And in verse four, whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So when you get it, when your eyes are open, the corruption through lust, there's a lot of corruption uh, that comes through uh, an individual who uh, his his modus operandi is to live worldly uh, instead of golly. Uh, he goes to church. He plays play. Oh, she goes to church. They play it by the numbers. They check in every week with the preacher, and uh, but it, it, it's just repetitive. They keep they, they do, The sun goes up. The sun goes down. Like it says in Ecclesiastes, and nothing changed. Uh, And they're doing it over and over again. But um, the moral excellence that God is wanting us to do and the pleasing to God comes as a a process, but it could be a, a quick process, it could be a long process. But it mostly comes with knowledge. If you have a blurred vision of what God wants and intends for your life, which is a lot more better than we think, it's a lot more valuable than we think, he says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Um, he says, the Bible says that uh, he'll keep us in perfect peace whose eyes is on him. When Jesus bid um, Peter to uh, come out on the uh, water and start walking, he kept his eyes on Jesus. And then as the wind blows, he began to sink. And he was sinking. uh and he was not able to so catch himself, and then Jesus had to help him, uh, which uh, sounds um, about right. <laughs> sounds right about right. Uh, God wants to want us to come closer to Him. He wants a relationship with us that keeps us out. Uh, now, are we going to? Could we eventually go back to the sins that easily beset us? Could we actually go back to sexual addictions and pornography? If if you understand, this is one thing I keep hearing about hell. Um, is, is We're trying to scare somebody into the kingdom of God. What do you think the tribulation is going to actually do? Now, God is not giving us the spirit of fear. So there's going to be a lot of bold people in the tribulation period. But half the people are going to get scared into the kingdom of God and say, well, that's not really true. You, you want to bet? I can almost bet you right now that the Bible, I can find in the Bible. Now I'm going to do it on the next show. Uh, matter of fact, I remember somebody was talking about that um, where it talks about uh, the, the fearful will not enter the kingdom of God. Uh, well, what does that mean? So we, <laughs> that'll be something to talk about next week, but see, people are so scared uh, of the government and, uh, in this time period called the tribulation period. They will be scared of the government in this time period, and they're going to be scared to lose their life, and they're not going to make the right decision. But uh, the word of God also talks about uh, people are going to uh, love their life unto death meaning they're not willing to give their life for Christ's sake. Now, the moral excellence that God is asking us is a holy life. Be holy for I am holy. Uh, But the closer you get to Christ and the more you know God and the more you know his knowledge and the more you know the knowledge of God, uh, the more he's going to give you power uh, to to live the life that that he wants you to live. Um, there is no way um, that you are going to break the bondage of sin yourself. But there is no way that God is going to be able to break it unless you get closer to God. Now, God can say, okay, from now on, this, this individual is not going to have any problems with this. Yeah, he can do that. But the normal processes is that you get close enough to God that He can break it. Um, now, could you get close? Now, a lot of times sin breaks fellowship with God. So I'm not saying that you're going to be walking down the street with God. I'm just saying you can get close enough to God. That and ask him to break that sin, because people are telling their congregants that you can you can live in sin and still go to heaven. You can't. Now, if you habitually practice sin, you're not going to heaven. Now, if you're struggling with sin, that's a different thing. But if you're habitually sinning, and you still and if you're struggling on per, well, one let me say presumptuously presuming that if I still continue to do this, eventually God is going to forgive me, but eventually I'm going to stop. Then you're in danger. So I can't sit up here and tell you anything other than that the closer you get to Christ, the more you ask God for help and ask, definitely ask him for his Holy Spirit if you haven't already done that. Then you will be set free. But the closer you get to that inner circle of love, I mean, you can just do this: draw a picture of a circle, and then outside that circle is the normal um, predicus of life, the normal daily. Uh, off. But anyway, pitch your circle and inside of that circle is the love of God. You have to stay in that circle. There's nothing else I can say. You say, well, why are you doing this serious? I'm going to keep doing this serious because I got a lot to say about this, but God is the one who fights the battles. You stay in the love of God, then this, the addictions will leave. If, if it's not worth it to you, then you, you're not going to It's, not, it's just not worth you. The Bible talks about counting the cost Okay so if you If you're new to listen to this program If you don't know Jesus Repent Turn from your sins And turn towards God And he will set you free my friend God bless y'all and y'all have a wonderful day You have been listening to the Prophecy Zone On Blog Talk Radio Be sure to check out our website at www.pzrn.org. Also, like us on Facebook at Prophecy Zone Radio News and at YouTube at Prophecy Zone. Be sure to check us out next time on the Prophecy Zone as we explore the past, observe the present, and hope for the soon future return of the Savior Jesus.